Hello and welcome to The Shadow from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. of men. The shadow knows. <laughs> Once again, your neighborhood blue coal dealer brings you the thrilling adventures of the shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcefully to old and young alike that crime does not pay. Friends, we want to salute the retail coal dealers of America who, under the most difficult conditions, have done an outstanding job of spreading deliveries of coal this winter. We want to salute the American railroads who have been hampered by the heaviest snowfall in years. But most of all, we want to salute the judgment of five million hard coal users whose home have been warm and healthy. We want to say thank you to those hard coal users who are giving their local dealers several days' notice when a delivery is required. And we want to say thank you again to those wise consumers who continue to keep warm by accepting the advice of their local blue coal dealer as to the proper size of coal to have delivered at this time. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. Years ago in the Orient, Cranston learned a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama, The Terror at Wolf's Head Knoll. In the desolate wastes of the Rutland Hills, high atop the bald summit of Wolf's Head Knoll, stands the weathered and dilapidated mansion, Windward House. The hands of the clock in the dusty hallway stand at precisely nine o'clock as an old woman comes slowly down the stairs. An oil lamp clutched in her gnarled hand to answer the violent pounding on the outer door. Who's that? Who's out there? Open the door, Mrs. Baker. Open it, I say. Mr. Danforth. Yeah. It's a good time, I must say. I'm sorry, sir. Have you been knocking long? Well, the skin's off my knuckles. Oh, I didn't dream it was you, sir. You've not been here in such a long time. Did I haven't. Little pleasure in visiting a house that's cost a quarter of a million in money and ten years of your life in aggravation. Windward house, indeed. Danforth's folly it is. No mistake about it. I've taken the best care of it I could, sir. And by all odds, you're the world's worst housekeeper. Look at the place. Dust and decay from top to bottom. Well, I've done my level utmost, sir. Ah, well, no matter, no matter. Any luck at all, I'll be rid of this eye so within the hour. Rid of it, sir? I'm getting out from under, Bleaker. I'm going to unload. 
It's as good as settled if I'm to believe this letter I received yesterday. Well, who is it from, sir? Medical man, Dr. Goddard, he signs himself. Dr. Emil Goddard of the Goddard House for nervous disorders. Should be here any minute now. But what does he want with the place, sir? Who knows? And who cares? He says it'll suit his purposes and I shall be delighted. Ah, that should be him now. Well, Blaker, what are you waiting for? Open it. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Is the master of the house in? Right here, sir. Uh, you're Dr. Goddard, I presume? Dr. Goddard? No, my name is Williams. Terence Williams. And to what do I owe the inconvenience of this visit? You've got to help me, for your own sake as well as mine. What? I led them here because I'd heard of this house. They're on my heels. They'll kill us. They'll kill us all. Who will? The two of them, the doctor. What? And his friend, Lasher. I don't understand. Don't try, but if you value your life... They're here. Oh, Mr. Danforth, what's happening? Don't open that door. Oh. I know you're in there, Williams. Open up. What's this all about? I'll explain later. I prefer to find out now. No, wait. Don't open that door. Out of my way, you fool. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Island Fart, let me be a good bird. I shall have a pull at your tail feathers. Who are you? Don't let them in here. Ah, Williams, there you are. I demand an explanation. All in good time. All in good time. Come along inside, Lasher. I suppose you know, sir, that you are harboring a fugitive. Don't listen to them. Lasher, I do believe Williams is trying to create a disturbance. A hand over his mouth, you know, might work wonders. (laughs) Yes, sir. Don't let them... Excellent, excellent. (laughs) Ah, this door off the hall seems to latch from the outside. It might be well to store him in there for the nuns. Yes, sir. Oh, you... You stay there till you want... Let me out of here. Let me... Good man, Lasher, good man. What's the meaning of this? I demand an explanation or by heaven... I don't like the tone of your voice, sir. And either you change it at once, or I shall leave you to your own devices, depriving you of a rather profitable association with myself. Profitable? Profitable? You're you're not Dr. Goddard. One and the same, sir. This is my, uh, traveling companion, Lasher. How are you? And my parrot, Bartlemy. And Williams is a patient under your care? Precisely correct. Lasher and I were conducting him to my sanitarium for examination and therapy. Then he's unbalanced, shall we say, sir? He broke away from us as we parked the car on the mountain road. I see. I'm terribly sorry, Doctor. Uh, w- would you like to see the house? Quite. I think I shall purchase it as a special ward. If it suits my needs. Uh, follow me, sir. Uh, Mrs. Bleeker, do you want to come along? If I might, sir. No need of that. Lasher will look after Mrs. Bleeker very nicely, won't you, Lasher? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, uh, very nicely, very nicely. Uh, this way, then, Doctor. Thank you. You must pardon the slowness with which I move, sir. Gout and rheumatics. Ah. Uh, most distressing. I understand. As you see, the house is weather-beaten, no. but uh, well worth the price. I'm asking for it. Ah, here we are. Ah. This is the second story. Twelve bedrooms on this floor, each complete with bath. Charming, charming. And what are these doors here, sir? Uh, they open onto the terrace over the hillside. A terrace, eh? May I see it? Of course. <coughs> what was that? Ah, sounds like trouble, eh? Lasher! 
Lazar! I'll go down and see. That won't be necessary, sir. Lazar's quite capable and very strong. Lazar! Lazar! Yes, sir. Ah, there we are. What was that sound we heard? Oh, nothing, sir. Williams broke out and frightened the old woman. Obstreperous, huh? Give him a good sharp crack. Very good, Mr. Bowen. Two, if needs be, Lasher. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. You, you use violence on your patients? Indeed, sir. It does them good. I'd apply the treatment myself if I was able to descend the stairs more rapidly. Well, if... Uh... You'd like to see the terrace now, Doctor. The terrace? Oh, yes, by all means. This way. Here we are. Ah. Handsome view we have here, sir. Very handsome view. Uh, how high up is this terrace from the valley below? At 200 feet. So far, really? I like your establishment, Mr. Danforth. I do indeed. I think I shall take possession at once. You uh, realize that uh, I must have something on account? What do you mean? I mean you'll have to put something down. What can you put down, sir? Now, let me think. I haven't considered this. Why, I... Well, will you look? Where? There, below, coming across the valley... I don't see anything. Don't you really now? <laughs> I've put you down, sir. 200 feet into the valley. <laughs> not a bad down payment, eh? Bartlemy? Not bad, not bad. <laughs> Master of this house, but a scant two hours later, and already I'm quite at home. Well, I always said you was a gentleman born. Gentleman born, gentleman born. Ah, uh, have a biscuit, Bartlemy, dear bird. And for myself, I shall have another slice of the goose and a glass of wine. Oh, the wine ain't good for your gout, sir. My gout is of no consequence, boy. Boy, ignore it. Ah, charming and stately up old Lasher. We lack company. Guests. Well, I'm afraid there won't be many people coming along this way, oh, sir. Oh, there's occasional traffic on the road below. Well, will that just go by? Not necessarily, Lasher. You see the large mirror suspended in the hallway? Yeah. Think now. What would happen if we took it down and suspended it over the road in the dark instead Why, of... Why, cars would come around the curve. Quite right. And see their own headlight reflected. And swerve to miss hitting themselves and... <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> What's the matter, darling? You look worried. I don't like this road, Lamont. Why? It's a perfectly good mountain road, Margaret. Oh, I don't care. I don't like it. It's a wonderful shortcut to the hunting lodge. It's so lonely and deserted. Better, no traffic to deal with. Well, there may not be any traffic to deal with. But look out, Lamont. There's a car right in front of us. Yes, me. I see it. Ah! 
Margaret. Oh. You all oh. right, Donna? What happened? You're thrown from the car. Can you stand up? I don't know. I... My foot, I can't move it. Well, let me see. It's caught in the underbrush. Hold still. Oh. What are you doing? Cutting the loose with a hunting knife. Mm. There. I'll try and stand up. All right. I... Ooh. Careful. My ankle is killing me. You'll be on my arm. Must be sprained or broken. Lamont, what are we going to do? Uh, steady now. We're miles from nowhere, out here all alone. No, we're not all alone, darling. What do you mean? See those lights through the trees there? Where? Oh, yes. Where are they coming from? I did a little scouting around before you came to. There's a mansion, an old mansion right on top of the hill. This way, mister. Bring the lady in here. We had an accident on the road below. You did? (laughs) Too bad. Yes. I think her ankle's sprained. Sit down now. Thanks, Lamont. Now, we can just phone for a doctor. Well, you won't have to phone for a doctor. We got a doctor right here. Really? Yeah. Dr. Emil got it. Was this his residence? Well, uh, no. It's more like a hospital for nervous patients. Dr. Goddard just took it over. Hospital, Margot. <laughs> Looks like our luck is changing. Yeah. You bet it is. I'll tell the doctor you want to see him. Thank you. Well, what do you know? It's probably a private sanitarium. <laughs> Anyhow, it's better than limping around the woods, eh, Margot? Yes. How are you feeling, darling? A little faint. It's a nervous strain. If I only had a glass of water. Well, I'll see what I can do. There might be water in here. It's latched. Maybe I better take a chance and open it. Probably. Who are you? Shh. My name is Williams. Terence Williams, and I'm being held prisoner. What? There's no time for explanations. These men will kill us all. What are you talking about? Lamont. What, dear? Remember what kind of hospital this is. Oh, oh yes. Uh... We've all got to stick together. Of course, Williams, you're perfectly right. We'll all stick together. Williams, what are you doing out of your room? It's him. Yes, sir. Yes, get Williams out of here. Yes, sir. Come on, outside you. Help me, help Good man, Lasher. Good man, good Just man. so, Bartlemy. Sorry you had to see us at our worst, but Williams is a difficult case. Most difficult. I understand, Doctor. Now then, how can I serve you? Uh, this is Miss Lane, Doctor. I'm afraid she's hurt her ankle. Oh, too bad, too bad. I, I can hardly walk. I see. If you'll just lend her your arm, Mr. Cranston... Yes, uh, there we are. Now then, just across the room. Where are we going? Right here. Into the examination room. Uh, may I come along, Doctor? I'd uh, rather you didn't, sir. Uh, I'll take over now. I'll be all right, Lamont. I say, young man, you look a bit pale yourself. You'd better have a drink. It's not a bad idea. You'll find one in the bar behind you. Come along, Miss Lane. I think I will have a small one. There's no bar behind me. What's he talking about? This may be mentioned in one of these closets. There's nothing in this one. What? There's something in this one, all right. It's an old woman. She's dead. And what's going on here? What happened to her? 
you see is a locket around her neck. Mrs. Augusta Bleeker. Who in the name... Hello? Hello. Is Mr. Danforth in? Danforth? I, I, I don't know any Mr. Danforth, but you I, see... I just want to tell him how sorry I am that I couldn't get over this evening. Uh, this is Dr. Goddard. Who? Dr. Emil Goddard. You see, there was an emergency at my sanitarium tonight, and I had to assist... What kind of an emergency? Uh, two rather serious cases ran away from here. What? Yeah, yeah. Taking my most effective young intern with them. Poor fellow by the name of Williams. Williams. Hello. Margo! Hello. Margo! What is it, young man? I want to see Miss Lay. I'm afraid you can't. I haven't completed my examination. I want to see her, and I want to see her now. Very well, if that's the way you feel about it. I don't advise it, mind you, but if you insist, there's nothing I can do except... Uh... Oh. Well done, Lasher. Thanks. Good work. Good work. Oh, good work. Good work. <laughs> We'll return to the shadow in just a minute. Friends, is your home heated with a type of fuel now hard to get? If so, I would like to ask you three questions. One, would you like to cut your fuel bill in half? Two, would you like to be sure of plenty of fuel for steady, uninterrupted, healthful warmth in every room of your home? Three, would you like to continue to enjoy the convenience of fully automatic home heat? I'm sure your answers are all yes. And there is only one way these things can be accomplished. Switch to the smaller sizes of hard coal and install an automatic stoker. At current price levels, stoker size hard coal will cut your fuel bill in half. Stoker sizes of hard coal are plentiful, and enough can be stored to carry you through the winter. Modern, efficient, automatic stokers are available right now, and they soon pay for themselves in fuel savings. With a hard coal stoker, the fire is fueled automatically, and ashes are removed automatically. The healthful, steady coal fire warmth is automatically controlled by a thermostat in your living room. Your neighborhood blue coal dealer can give you information and advice on stokers. You'll find him listed in the classified phone directory under blue coal. Now, back to the shadow. When their car mysteriously skids off the road and Margot's ankle is sprained, she and Cranston take refuge in a dilapidated old mansion. There, a strange doctor claims to be treating Margot's injury. But when Lamont tries to see her, he is struck down from behind by the doctor's friend, Lasher. Now a few seconds later in the room with Margot. Doctor? Yes, my dear? What was that noise outside? Nothing, my dear. Nothing at all. I thought I heard Lamont's voice. Nonsense. You mustn't concern yourself with these trifles, Miss Lane. Particularly not now, when you have so much else to worry about. What do you mean? I have made my examination. Yes? The condition is very serious. I'm afraid neurological distortion of the metatarsal area has set in. What's that? A rather serious malady. Uh -huh. Serious? 
Malady. Serious Malady. I'd better inform my family. Uh, that won't be necessary. I shall proceed here and now to do what's called for. What's that? I'm afraid surgery. Oh, no. Yes, my dear. Surgery. <laughs> surgery! Surgery! <laughs> You're okay now, Cranston. Huh? It's dark. I can't see. Who are you? Williams. Williams? Oh, yes. Where are we? Locked in the gatehouse. Lasher? Yes. He brought me here first, right after I talked to you. He's very powerful. And the other one, the one who pretends to be a doctor? He was a doctor before he had his nervous collapse. Jeffrey Boland, his name was. Master Surgeon. Surgeon? Surgeon? Margot? Williams, we've got to get out of here. The chances aren't too good. Not a window in this place, and the door is three-inch iron plate. There's just one slim possibility. Yes? Lasher comes around about every ten minutes. Well, overpower Oh, no, that's out of the question. Besides, he seems to have found a revolver somewhere around the house. How do we operate? I'm not sure yet. It's no simple matter dealing with a psychoneurotic. What's wrong with him? His illness, I mean, what's it like? He isn't insane, but he has an obsession with sharp, cutting instruments. What do you mean? He's fascinated with them. Not uncommon phenomenon in the neurotic structure. I see. Williams. Yes? Would he be fascinated with a hunting knife? He certainly would. Why? Because I've got one. You have? Yes. Give it to me, and I think I can get you out of here. How? When Lasher comes around, I'll try to get his attention with the knife. And once I have, you can sneak out and go to your lady's rescue. Leave you here with a neurotic with a phobia for knives? It's your only chance. My chance, I know, but why should you risk your life like this? For one thing, for the sake of the lady. For the other... Shh, here he comes. Give me the knife. No, Williams. Give it to me. Okay, Williams. Thanks. Williams. How you feel? I feel... All right. How's your little friend? He's... He's still unconscious. Lasher, please... Could I have some water? Water? You don't want no water? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. What do you want with water? Look, I'll... I'll make a deal with you, Lasher. Hmm? I'll... I'll give you something if you bring me some water. Uh, what do you give me? This? What? A knife. A knife. It's for you, Lasher. All for you. A knife. Yeah, here. Here, take it. Knife. Now's your chance, Cranston. Okay. Good luck. Knife. You're the one who needs the luck, Williams. Knife. Nice sharp knife. Nice sharp knife. I'm afraid your gentleman friend is otherwise engaged, Miss Lane. Please, please let me out of here. I fear, my dear girl, that would be impossible. Impossible. Try to understand, my dear. I shall perform the operation with admirable dexterity. I shall prove to those fools who would keep me in a sanitarium that I'm not ill. I'm indeed a great and clever surgeon, a skilled master of the scalpel. I will not return to captivity to waste my talents under a bushel. No, no. That I will avoid at all costs. <laughs> What's that? The 
shadow. <laughs> who? Who laughed? There's no one here. I'm here, though you cannot see me. Who, who are you? I am the shadow. Go away. Leave me. Go. If you've come to take Miss Lane from me, I won't allow it. Make one move, whatever you are, and I will plunge the knife. Shadow! You don't understand, Jeffrey Boland. I'm not here to help Miss Lane. No? No. I'm here to warn you. Warn me? Dr. Goddard and his friends are on their way to this house. No! Yes. You've no time to waste. No, no, I best... <laughs> Let them come! They will never reach me. Oh, but they will. Oh, but they won't. There is a mirror hung across the road, and when they turn the bend, they will wreck themselves to avoid their own headlights. The mirror has been removed. Removed? Who removed it? You! You did it! Listen to me, Roland. Listen to me instead. Miss Lane will pay with her life for this effrontery of yours. What's that? They found you, Bolin. No, no. The house is surrounded. The grounds are covered. Let me out of here. Lasha, Lasha! Lasha! Thank heaven you came. Come on, Margo, quickly. I've got to get back to the gatehouse before Lasha uses my hunting knife. You're right. Yes, they've broken the gatehouse just in time. Lasher? They've got him. Where's Boland? He's trapped in the house. Good. We'll proceed with caution. You men, just move in casually and encircle the house. I'll go in and try to lure him into... And where you are, gentlemen. Well, that's Boland's voice. Look up there. Where? On the terrace over the hillside. Boland! Yes, Williams? We've come to take you home. My home, sir, is here. Boland, we have to take you back. That you will never do. Please come quietly, Boland. We'll make you well again. You'll make me well? Ha, 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 ha. I'm the doctor, sir, not you. I'm a surgeon as skillful as ever I was. And not be kept within walls like a dangerous madman. Do we have to come and get you? Or will you come down alone? I will come down alone. Look, he's climbing over the railing. Boland, stop and stop at eight. I will come down, Williams. But you are not taking me back. Stop. That is one thing I promised myself to avoid at all costs. Don't jump, Boland. Don't. Thanks for getting us to lift home, Williams. Oh, don't mention it, Cranston. We're lucky to be coming home at all. Here's my house. Good night. I don't know how I can ever thank you. You can, darling, so don't try. Good night, old man. See you again, Cranston. Oh, it's been quite a night. Well, of all things. Hmm? Jeffrey Boland was evidently quite a doctor in his time. What do you mean? Do you realize I just ran up those stairs? Margot. That must have been quite a treatment he gave me. My ankle. It's completely well. Now here is Blue Coal's distinguished heating authority, John Barclay. Thank you, Andre Baruch, and good evening, friends. I'd like to point out how you can get longer firing periods from the larger sizes of hard coal and save money, too, 
by using about one-half buckwheat size along with your regular coal. It's a simple matter to keep an excellent fire using low-cost buckwheat and your regular size coal together. Just put the coal on in layers, first the larger size and then the buckwheat, which filters down into the gaps, giving you a deeper, hotter fire bed. And buckwheat, which is slow-burning, is ideal for banking the fire overnight or to use in mild weather. So order your share of money-saving buckwheat from your blue coal dealer. You can be warm and comfortable all winter long and save money in the bargain. I thank you. This story is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. The characters, names, places, and plot are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Again next week, the shadow will demonstrate that... The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. Crime does not pay. The shadow knows. <laughs> Next week, same time, same station, your friendly blue coal dealer brings you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. The Shadow is presented by the DL&W Coal Company, distributors of blue coal. Lamont Cranston is played by Brett Morrison. Margot by Grace Matthews. Your announcer is Andre Barouche. Remember, it's blue coal for finest heating service. It's blue coal for finest modern equipment. It's blue coal for the best home heat money can buy. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.